Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power Your Life Radio Show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thanks so much for joining us on Power Your Life, and I'm Dr. Joanne White, and it's always a pleasure to be here, and just heartfelt prayers and energy to go to the people in Syria and all the people in over the world who are going through a difficult time, and it is a difficult time for many people. I have a very special guest who's been on here before who's doing some incredible things helping people in need, specifically helping veterans. And I'm talking about Lisa Regina, who's an artist, advocate, public speaker, humanitarian, and member of the Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. She's been an actress for 30-plus years and began coaching actors in 1991 in the Educational Theater Program and the Tisch School of the Arts at New York University. After leaving the AADA, the Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York City, where she also taught, Lisa started her own coaching business, LR Acting Workshops, LLC, Her client list is diverse, consisting of dancers, lawyers, medical professionals, writers, sales representatives, professionals, and more. Some of Lisa's film TV credits include The Sopranos, The Bakery, The Tournament, and 79 Parts. Lisa also coaches people with autism and educates communities on matters such as bullying, domestic violence, and veterans' causes through her nonprofit, A Right to Heal. Currently, Lisa is honoring our veterans by writing a series, which we're going to talk about, heroic episodes, and has created the VFA Veteran Film Apprenticeship Program. The VFA gives veterans a chance to heal and assimilate back into civilian life through the job training apprenticeship. Welcome, Lisa Regina. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And as I said, you've been here before, but you're doing some new stuff, and that's what's very exciting and and exciting not only for for me, but for you and for all the people that are involved. So I really want to focus a little bit on that, if you don't mind. No, absolutely. I appreciate you um, having me and shining the light on what I'm doing. Uh, It started many years ago. Um, It was about... Uh, maybe nine years ago, actually, when I was introduced to Captain Leslie Nicole Smith, who served in the Army, and she lost her sight and her leg while serving. And she's a Gary Sinise ambassador, and I was introduced to her because she actually took one of my acting workshops in New York City. And my dear friend Barry Morgenstein, great photographer in New York City, 
he introduced me to her and he said, she really wants to take your acting class. So she did. And she was amazing. She really blew everyone away in my class. And from that, I was producing and directing a short film that I wrote. And I cast her in that film, you know, based on the experience I had with her in my acting workshop. And she came all the way up from Virginia um, to Penn Station, out to Queens, where we were shooting in New, in New York. And she spent about 14 hours on set with us. And I was doting over her, you know, because I wanted to make her comfortable. I wanted to make sure it was, a, you know, a, a nice experience for her. And, of course, her long travels, you know, just to get to set and then filming 14 hours. So wow. when we were re- yeah, when we were ready to wrap, uh, Joanne, she, um, I had a hotel room waiting for her, dinner, you know, car service, anything to just accommodate her. And she grabbed my arm and she said, Lisa, I'm going home tonight. Thank you. And I was like, wow. no, no, no. <laughs> You'll get home at four in the morning, you know. And she said, no. She says, I am so inspired. I can't sleep. She said, I haven't felt this camaraderie since I served. Wow. And that, yeah, that just hit me. And I had like, you know, tears in my eyes. It was a very beautiful moment. And that moment really changed the whole trajectory of my life, my personal life and my, my professional career because it, it moved me so deeply. And I thought, wow, I couldn't sleep either that night because I kept thinking, well, she felt this way. I imagine other veterans could possibly feel the same way, and that I got I have to do this. This is great, you know. Um, so that's what I did. I thought, let me on my next film. I did another short film, The Shades, and we shot in Piles Grove, New Jersey, on a farm, and it was brutal. It was like 98 degrees that weekend, and I cast veterans in the role of. Um, production team, you know, crew members, actors, consultants. I I had about 150 people on set, and 40-some of those were veterans on motorcycles from Warrior Watch Riders in uh, the Post in Summers Point, New Jersey. And, again, we had not the best conditions because, you know, when you're filming, it could be, you know, freezing out, it's it's sweltering heat. You, You know, you deal with the conditions, and... You work as a collaborative team. You work as, you know, in unison. And sure enough, I had veterans, uh, Vietnam veterans, you know. um, I had a couple guys that returned from Afghanistan that did, you know, six, seven tours. Like, they all had the same response that day. They were like, this is great. We love this teamwork. We love, you know, being on set. And we wish we could do it every day. (laughs) So I knew, okay, now I'm on to something. Now I have to figure out what to do with this, you know, new experience and how how it was helping veterans feel the camaraderie, feel the teamwork. And as a filmmaker, you know, Joanne, it really helped me tremendously because I felt like I could focus on directing. You know, I could I could focus on my DP, my actors, you know, keeping my eye on the, on the monitor instead of worrying about, you know, um, safety and making sure everyone was okay, waiting in, in the holding area. It was just great. They they really had my back. They helped me tremendously. And that's how the Veterans Film Apprenticeship was really born, from that ex- those experiences with veterans on my film set. You know, you have, and, and I think it's amazing, again, the, those feelings that, that the veterans had about the connection and the camaraderie and, and just really 
being so alive and, and feeling beautiful about the whole experience. But you've done so much. You have a beautiful heart. <laughs> and, you know, reach out to so many people. You've helped people mm-hmm. with autism, like I've said before. And so many other people feel better about who they are and elevate themselves in a beautiful way. So bravo for that. Now, yeah, I, why we're here, you know, and I think, you know, you're like-minded as well. So we're, I believe that's, you know, we're here with a purpose. So, uh, yeah, so <laughs> thanks. Well, I'm with you. We're here to, I believe we're here to serve and to help people. And what's wonderful is that you're in a, an incredible position to, to do so, and, and that's great. So tell us what the other, the Right to Heal program is with a little bit more detail. Okay, my nonprofit. I founded that in 2006, a Right to Heal, W-R-I-T-E, using writing and um, uh, performance to get rid of the pain, you know, uh, sort of um, allow that pain to just run through the pen onto the paper. I always say that because I was assaulted April 2nd, 2005, and I'm really grateful to be alive. Um, I was only two months away from my wedding at the time when this happened. My then fiance had um, thrown me from a vehicle in New York City. And, you know, the physical pain and the emotional pain was a long journey for me. And I learned through my own counseling and uh, the domestic violence groups that I went to getting an education on the profile of an abuser and also the perpetual cycle of abuse and what that looks like and how to recognize those signs. And through that, I met other women and I found that writing was helping me the most. Um, Of course, sitting around and everyone talking about their stories, it makes you feel less alienated, and I think that's wonderful. But I needed another way to kind of channel it. So I used my writing skills, and I would just write fragmented thoughts, fragmented sentences um, as I was going through my healing. And it, it was a rough time. And the writing really was like my life preserver. That's what I like to call it because it enabled me to articulate, you know, through fragmented thoughts, words. I didn't really pay attention to grammar or punctuation when I was doing this. It was just writing down phrases like, you know, pain, you know, why did this happen? And, you know, um, I feel alone and just kept, you know. And then I had people telling me things that it was, um, you know, oh, it's an Italian thing. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. It occurs in, in all ethnicities, all social status, domestic violence is, uh, a, a universal issue. And I started looking at that um, writing process and how it was helping me, and I introduced it to the other women within my domestic violence group. And that's really how A Right to Heal was born back in 2006. And I founded it as a 501c3. And the beginning of A Right to Heal, I would go out with other women um, and we would write, and I would take their writings and adapt it to a monologue. And then I cast professional actresses in New York City, and we staged a performance called A Right to Heal, and it was my monologue, my story that kind of kicked it off. And then it was a collection of six or seven other stories based on true stories of domestic violence. And that was very successful, and it really helped a lot of people. 
And I was hired as a keynote speaker by the YWCA. And that sort of snowballed because once I did the national conference in Washington, D.C., where there were probably about 500 executive directors from WISE across the country, across the world, um, that really snowballed into my keynote speaking uh, bookings because I was, uh, from that event, being booked at other WISE across the country. And um, so a right to heal became a lot bigger than I thought it would be uh, from that small grassroots setting where I was writing with a group of women, you know, and then all of a sudden I was on stage um, doing keynote speaking and, and my monologue performance. I actually wrote two monologues. Uh, wow. One was how, yeah, how I was feeling after it happened, and that was very different emotionally and physical healing. And then years later when I came out, like, the other side, um, much lighter, much more forgiving, and just focused on the light and what I learned. And I, I learned from A Right to Heal that, you know, the trauma that veterans have when they come home, I had some commonalities. I had some common discussions with them, and that really created a bond. So as I was meeting veterans and interviewing them, I would share with them about, you know, my assault, how I started my nonprofit, how I was able to help other women struggling with domestic violence, and then the healing process from PTSD and some of those issues. So I I discovered that um, I had more in common than I thought I did. You know, I never served in the military. I have a great deal of respect, of course, for our men and women who serve and defend us. And um, it really inspired me to share with them what I was doing with writing and it inspired me to write a series heroic episodes and that's a narrative series um I I have a show bible a pitch jacket I have everything developed and it's really all based on those military men and women that I met over the uh, nine years of meeting and interviewing veterans so the writing comes full circle as a healing tool. You know, I used it following my assault, founding my foundation, a heal, and now with the veterans using writing to tell their stories. So um, I'm a big champion of writing, and I know some people say to me, yeah, but I really don't write. You know, I'm not, I don't know how to write poems or songs, and, and I always tell them it's not about that. It's It's not about writing something that, you know, is poetic. It's just writing about a story or an experience that has had an impact on your life and someone what else's What it does life. is it allows us to get out the emotional whatever we need, and sometimes the writing is not necessarily for anybody else. It's just to right. be able to help ourselves, but the way that you've been doing it is beautiful because bringing people together collaboratively to talk about especially with the domestic violence, excuse me, and the veterans, to talk about their their trauma and share and, and find out, like you did, that there are so many commonalities with challenges that we go through. And, and the writing is, is a way, I, I believe that, you know, writing, journaling, a lot of people journal is a way yeah. of expressing oneself and you're right you don't need to it doesn't need to be so wonderful or whatever it it's a way i look back on my journal sometimes from years and years <laughs> ago and i'm amazed at some of the you know emotional pain or lo- whatever it is i was expressing 
And we do heal from it. We feel better. But what you've done with that, Lisa, is just incredible because it's touching so many more people and and really helping them heal in a beautiful way. So bravo for that. So tell us a little bit more about some of the episodes, the heroic episodes, and, and more about the, the veterans' involvement. Well, the the heroic episodes, um, I'm currently looking for someone to produce it with me. I have a show Bible which outlines the first two seasons. Um, each season is eight episodes. Uh, they're all, each episode is based on um, an, a veteran that I've met, that I've interviewed, that I've learned their story about uh, their service, transitioning home, the challenges with that, their families. So I wrote a narrative series based on those interviews. Um, some of them are, um, you know, to the T based on a true story, and others are embellished upon for, you know, the the sake of the storyline because it does start with a family, a fictitious family, the McMullins, who okay. has generated military in their family. So just like any other dramatic series, uh, like Yellowstone, that <laughs> starts with that family as the center focus, and then we meet the other characters that are related um, to the family in some way, uh, other military families. And it's um, it's really about a veteran who starts off uh, mentoring a young urban teen. So it has that... <clears throat> It has that karate feel to it with Mr. Miyagi and Daniel. <laughs> but it's um, it's much more dramatic and gritty because it's very realistic. Um, so the veterans film apprenticeship that goes hand in hand with the series is while I'm shooting my episodes, I'll employ veterans and have them on set as crew members, as cast, as consultants, and most importantly, um, as drone cinematographers because I am a drone commercial photographer. I have my Part 107 license. And um, I thought that would be a great way to offer veterans a new a new career path because drones are so, um, it's a multi-billion dollar growing industry, you know, with agriculture, real estate, uh, filmmaking, search and rescue. It's boundless what drones are being used for. And that's, um, I thought, a great career path for any veteran. So I decided to um, put veterans through drone training, drone uh, testing, licensing, and then help them get a drone so they can start their own career as a commercial Part 107 uh, pilot. So do you do the training or who's involved in, you know, do you have somebody else Mm -hmm. doing the training for the veterans? How does that work? That um, there's online training for it, preparing you for the test, and then once you take your test, there's field training. Um, some uh, local businesses in Atlanta County that do that, where you actually get out hands-on flying the drone in the field. Um, so no, I don't do the training. I do have my license, but I'm there to guide them. And and I just had my first veteran go through. Uh, drone training. He took the test and passed. It was uh, February 28th. He took his test. And now um, that he'll have his license, the next step is to get him a drone. And I'm looking for U.S. drone manufacturers as sponsors um, for our veterans. So this way, when they do graduate from their course, they have their license, they'll have a commercial drone, and they can um, get a start in their career. 
That's amazing. <laughs> so <laughs> how did he feel going through through the whole drone training and, and being ready? I mean, that that's that's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. You know, I was intimidated. I, I wasn't sure that it was for me. And um, I had a drone because we we used it on, on my films, both um, – the shooters now that we shot in Queens, and then we used it on the uh, the shades, the film set in Piles Grove, and the cinematic shots were they were amazing, you know, the drone shots, and that's what really piqued my interest. But going through the training, going through the testing, I'm not going to lie, it was tough. It was very. Um, it, I studied, excuse me, for about three and a half weeks. I think I studied, and. Um, I I passed my test, of course, but uh, I I thought I would have got maybe a 95, like a higher, you know, and and I didn't because there were questions that came up in the test, and I'm like, oh wait, I I don't remember that one, <laughs> you know, um, so it was tough, but it was it was worth it, well worth it, and then I um, was. Um, part of a member of a cohort in Atlantic County, which is um, part of the smart aviation airport. Um, um, and it was amazing to be in with other drone pilots that had businesses that I never even thought of, like search and rescue or uh, just so many different drone businesses. So it opened up my eyes to the possibilities, not just for the veterans. And I think, you know, once you go through it and experience it, it's a lot easier for me to talk to a veteran about taking the test and, and how, you know, it'll be tough, but it'll be worth it. And I think out of, out of um, you know, the veterans that will go through the drone testing, I think that um, for them it, it, it should be like second nature, you know, especially ones that have a background in um, aviation. But, you know, it's a discipline. And, Veterans are used to being disciplined and having a mission and staying on course and focused. So I, I believe they'll all do very well. Beautiful. I'm not sure I would do it. <laughs> yeah. Bravo that you did. I think it's great. So the veterans that you've been working with are they have many of them, like you said, that that woman, that beautiful woman that that took your acting course with you and. And, and was acting in the film in New York. Do they have necessarily handicaps from from being in the war, or you know, other other challenges, other you know, other than well, probably the emotional piece is a big one. But but what have they been facing, and what do they bring to the you know to the table in terms of their experience and and their their well being. Well, Captain Leslie Nicole Smith, who you were just speaking of, she's a Gary Sinise ambassador, and she's an amazing woman. Um, Oliver North's book, American Heroes, he devoted a whole chapter to her story. It's so inspirational. Um, You know, she wasn't expected to survive. When she returned from Bosnia, she uh, lost her sight and lost her leg. And her and her service dog, Isaac, when they came to my acting workshop, I could tell they had a great impact, not just on myself, but on my actors. You know, I had about 25 actors in that workshop. 
And when they saw that what she did on camera, she was so articulate and natural on camera, so beautiful. Her smile like beams. She brightens up the room. And when my actors saw her and she did so well, I know it inspired them. And, of course, I was kidding with them. I said after she um, did her commercial, she did like a little commercial on camera for us. I turned to my class and I said, now, that's a hard act to follow. So you all better get <laughs> get it together, <laughs> you know. And um, I know, I know they loved her. They they felt inspired. So I think with Captain Smith, she she's become um, more than acquaintance. She's a friend. She's a dear friend, and she she's a strong woman. She inspires me, and I'm just so grateful to know her, and um, and all my veterans that I've met. I, I I really bond deeply with them, and I respect them. And I think as far as what they bring to the table is. I've never, you know, when I was on set, I'll say it again, I never felt so safe and so comfortable, and I knew that they were capable. I knew that they were, um, they had my back. I knew that they could follow through whatever task, you know, that they needed to, and, it, you know, it was enjoyable for them, and that was the best part. Like, they were helping me. They were helping the production. They were feeling good about it. They were feeling the camaraderie again, the teamwork. Most importantly, they had a mission again. And I think that's, you know, what I hear over and over from veterans is that they miss that mission once they come home. And you can't get that, you know, in the corporate world, I don't believe. Um, I don't believe you can get that feeling again unless you're maybe out in the field on a film set with a team and you're working for the same mission. And everyone has their own, like, specialized skill, but you're still working as a cohesive unit. And and I believe that's why it was so rewarding for them and so to be on a film set and for me as well so they bring so much to the table they you know they they bring everything to the table everything that you need um in a in a production team to make a film or to to produce anything any any mission that requires everyone working in in um as a cohesive unit and really focused um so I, I'm just grateful that I've had the experience and where I am now in my life. And I, I know it's a big vision. It is. But, you know, I'm only here once on this planet, so I'm going to give it my all. And um, my my big dream, uh, Joanne, is that once the Veterans Film Apprenticeship is up and running full speed with helping more than a handful of veterans, helping hundreds and thousands of veterans, once it's strong, then this template, this plan, can be implemented in every state across the country. And I don't think there's any reason why it shouldn't be, <laughs> because it's something that they enjoy doing, and it, and it, fills, a, it fills a need for the filmmaker, you know? Um, so working together and, and uh, really, um, I, I just can't, I can, I can see it in every state across the country. I see the vision. <laughs> You know, I think it's important, like what you said, Lisa, because they've served our country in, in such a beautiful way, and then coming back, they have to kind of get us reassimilated again and, and figure out how their life is going to be from that moment on when they're back. And 
they have served. And like you said, they've had this mission. I think it's important that we all have some mission in our lives, whatever that is, whether it's large or small. But but like like them, they've had a mission and lived it, worked it beautifully, and then come coming back and it's like, okay, what's next? So you've provided such a beautiful way of the what next for them yeah. that gives them yeah. more of a sense purpose and also community and being able to share some of their incredible gifts and talents and training that they've had through the military, which is, which is wonderful. Now, do you work with a lot of men and women, or is it mostly men in the military? How does that work? No, men and women, of course. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've met some strong women who have served um, that also inspire me as Captain Smith. But, yes, men and women. And uh, and just adding to what you were saying, um, transitioning home, I've, I've heard some challenges stories, nightmare stories about dealing with um, the VA and different benefits and things they should be getting. And it just makes me sad. And we, we hear it all the time, like, we need to do more. We need to do more for our veterans, and it's shameful that we don't. And we hear it all the time, but um, I, I'm not waiting for anyone else to do something right. I know it's the right thing to do, so I'm doing it, and I just hope that in, it inspires others to to um, also uh, support what I'm doing, but also, you know, if there's a way they can also help um, a veteran or a veteran's family or just, you know, I, I hate the divide between civilians and military. There's a great divide there. And just because you haven't had military in your family doesn't mean you can't care or you, you can't, um, you know, have a desire to understand or feel a, a gratefulness for their sacrifice, you know. I, I don't it, really come from military right. I was going to say, it is, a, sorry, it is a sacrifice. It's a huge sacrifice, and it's not just the person mm-hmm. that's serving. Like you said, it's it's their family. Sometimes they have to mm-hmm. wait months even some, you know, to be able to reconnect and reunite with with a newborn, you know, a baby, uh, their, their, whatever it is. And, and that's incredible, and you're so right. We need to have more compassion and understanding and connection with them yeah i'm great i'm grateful for the connection it's 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 um really had an impact on my life and it it made me really more appreciative of what i have and and the friends i have and um especially my veteran friends and i'm just really grateful um i think you learn so much you do if you're open to it you learn a lot and um it's like i said it's you know um it's it's just the attitude of just talking about how something is it's a shame it shouldn't be that way. Um, okay, we have to do something. <laughs> we have to put put uh, put things into motion or action and 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 do something. And I just think this experience that I had many years ago with Captain Smith having her on my film set, yeah, that was the experience that kind of changed the path of my life. And as an artist, um, and as you well know, I felt a certain like responsibility to recognize that wow there's something here and what can I do with it to help other veterans you know so I as an artist it just was a natural path for me to take 
And it's a beautiful path, and bravo that you're doing it because we need we need more of that. We really do, and I hope it does go into every state and, and people really recognize and respect veterans and value, again, what they've done for us in so many ways. And, and how do they feel about the experience? How do, you know, you talk to them, you, you become friends with, with a lot of veterans that are part of the program that have connected with one another again. What are you getting? What's the feedback that you get from them? Well, being on a film set, um, that experience was always, you know, like one of the Vietnam veterans. Um, he was a real tall guy, um, real, um, you know, physically um, a, a big, you know, um, gentleman. He came up to me, and he. The reason why I say that is because he had tears in his eyes, and right. he. He reached down, he said, can I give you a hug? And I said, of course you can. And he gave me a bear hug and he said, man, he said, I felt, and then he stopped. He said, we felt forgotten. You know, he said, I served in Vietnam. He said, we just felt forgotten. And I said, I will never forget. And I'm so glad that you're here today. And he said, we would love to do this every day. We had fun. Uh, we, We worked. We we teamed together. He said, yeah. He said, it's just like, you know, being with my, my military brothers again. You know, I just, you know. So the reaction was always that kind of reaction, like I want to do this every day. And when you think about, you know, we're talking about how it makes them feel emotionally and how it's a positive experience and it gives them a new mission and they could really, um, the military mindset translates well to the film set. And and that really says it all. Um and I think that the the most important thing also is that they can they can earn good money. There's so many different roles on a film set, so many job opportunities. You know, you have gaffers and grips, and you have um, a sound and uh, the director of photography, and then you have a uh, scouting locations, which is another good one. I think that veterans would enjoy doing that. You know, your scouting locations for the shoot, and that's being done, of course, months ahead of time in pre-production, you have stylists and makeup artists, and then you have special effects and writers and consultants. And for me, that's extremely important to have military men and women consulting me as I'm writing because I want the writing to be authentic. I want it to be based on, you know, their experiences from their point of view. Because after all, I did not serve in the military. So really, really important role to have my military men and women as consultants for me as the writer. And, you know, just to be able to pick up the phone and say, hey, would this um, military, you know, character in my story, would this guy say this? Does this sound right or does this sound cheesy, you know? (laughs) And they'll tell me the truth. You know, sometimes I'm spot on and other times I'm way off. So it's really important to have them as part of the process uh, for me. And it's important, Um, you know, again, and it's important, like you said, because we want to have it authentic and to be be believable and and share the truth of what went on. I had a very dear friend who served in Vietnam and died of Agent Orange, and he Mm. had told me a story wherein when there was all sorts of violence and whatever, he was actually, there were other other 
veterans who had died and they were on top of him. He was kind of buried under that. Could you imagine? I mean, we don't even think about the harrowing experiences that they go through. Yes, they've had Mm -hmm. training, but then to go through and really live through whatever kind of atrocity and and whatever they have to do to survive and to, it, it's just mind-boggling because it's un- I mean I don't know that I could do that. <laughs> I know. unimaginable. They are resilient and but they're also human and yes, trauma does have a great impact and like to survive that and then go on and then come back home and trans uh, back to your family mm-hmm. or. Yeah, and that's why healing is so important. So I think that the the veterans the veterans film apprenticeship, I think overall, you know, is about healing. You know, yes, it's providing a new a new path, a career path, drone training, career in drones, whether it's in the aviation field or the film industry. There are many opportunities, um, and it's you know a good paying job. But most importantly, it's about healing, you know, having a better quality of life once you have survived and once you're home. And feeling good about oneself, feeling that you're making a difference again because that's what they were doing when they were serving. And, and so it's another way of doing that in civilian life, which is, which is wonderful. So tell us, Lisa Regina, how people can find out more about the nonprofit, maybe even contribute, and more about what you're doing and connect with you. Mm-hmm. you. Well, I'm I'm always easy to find lisaregina.com, and all my other sites are connected to that. Um, heroicepisodes.org, if they want to read a little bit about the series, and then my nonprofit is a right. To heal, and it's spelled right w r i t e because we're using writing. So a right to heal dot org. That's a five hundred one c three, and um, yeah, that's pretty much all my websites. Um, I'm pretty easy to find. I'm always open to talking to uh, anyone, and um, especially any military men or women that are interested, want to know more. Um, want to share their story. I, I receive emails all the time, and they share their stories. You know, where um, about their service, about coming home. Uh, some are painful, and some are inspirational, um, as in life. So I'm just always open and always available to talk to anyone. And any support we can get, of course, is always appreciated. Um, and we just keep. And moving forward. <laughs> and that's the way to do it. And Lisa, you are amazing. Thank you for so much what you're doing for veterans and and, and their families and just helping people feel better about who they are and have a purpose in life. Thank you so much for being Thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Take care. Have a beautiful day. So think about what Lisa Regina said, because it's so special what she's doing with the veterans and the film apprenticeship program and the heroic episode series. And you can make a difference, too. Think about how you are making a difference not only in your life, but in the life of others. And make today a special day to turn around to somebody and make sure that you're sharing 
your kindness and valuing others in a wonderful way. Remember that you have the ability to power your life, and while we're at it, we can also help others feel good and powerful about themselves. If you want to get a hold of me, you can go to the short version, docwhite.org. And thank you for joining us. Have a beautiful day. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit docwhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.